<laughs> I love that commentary. I love that commentary. Hello and welcome to the Global Game. I'm Adam Peacock and uh, with me, Adam Kwasnick. Quas, do you love that? Does that get things going before this weekend, the World Cup final, hearing that? 100%. Kiel, Cahill, those goals, those big moments uh, gives you goosebumps, that's for sure. Alex, did you put that together yourself, Alex? That, uh, I did. That opener? I did. Congratulations. Thank you. He's your earliest call-up yeah. to the global game as well. Yeah, appreciate it, Alex. Um, I've got a cause. I've got to ask, Alex. Uh, Christmas party last night for SEM. Before we get on to really serious matters here, I, I, I do have to ask about this. Um, anything? Anything to report? Uh, on air? Yeah. yeah. That's where we are. <laughs> uh, less said, the better ads. I've been up since six, so I'm 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 awake. I'm with it. I wasn't when I woke up this morning. You're here, but you're not here. Quads, yep. what was the best Christmas party that you've been involved with in a football sense? Or, or the A League boys didn't really have one because, or, or did you? You're laughing, actually. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm thinking end of season trips ads. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and gee, there's there's some nasty ones. Um, yeah, like you, you made the point yesterday about Magic Round, right? Like I'm thinking if I'm a part of Magic Round, I want to be the first game <laughs> off the rank. So I've got the rest of the weekend to just go and party. Yeah, do you reckon they wouldn't? Uh, the club wouldn't get you on the bus quick smart and get you back to home quarters and not allow you to hang around a Magic Round for three days with Daniel McBreen and Matt Simon and people like that? And Yeah, yeah. true. Rosie, Rosie the Quiet Assassin as well. Jeez. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, he's got those wild eyes, doesn't he, Josh Rose? Yeah, I could tell after a couple of Bundys, things would get a bit loose. Anyway, we digress. We digress at the start of the show. We'll get to the hot topping in a moment, but cause anything further to add in the last 24 hours from your perspective about this fan situation? Because we're here, this is the day, and it looks like uh, these fan boycotts and walkouts are going to occur. Yeah, they're obviously going to occur. And just I just want to make a point, like, where, where to? So afterwards... Uh, where to for the fans, um, where to for the players, where to for the APL. Like, obviously, there's a contract in place. It's not going to be broken. They're going to stand their ground. They're going to honour the contract. So what's next for the fans? Do you get players involved? Can players contribute to, to this uh, this up, uproar? Um, I, I just don't know where to. It seems like a dead end to me. And um, it'd be great if we could all get in a room and discuss things, but I doubt that's going to happen. And I just think the APL is just going to stand their ground and honour the contract. Yeah, we're going to talk to Chris Economides from Melbourne Victory about the fact, about that very fact. I mean, how, how does a, a current day player approach the rock and a hard place that they find themselves in between? But Quaz, if, if you're a player trotting out there this week, uh, do you put something, do you put the shirt underneath the shirt and says for the fans or something like that? Or do you, do you say something in an interview? Personal perspective, what would you do? Look, it'd be interesting to see if if the APL has spoken to the players, albeit behind closed doors. But yeah, like most definitely, like we need the fans a part of a part of the game. They're, they're a massive part of the game. And you know, if you were to score a goal, do you rip the shirt off, accept the yellow card, and and have something to 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 show that you're supporting the fans? Um, I definitely do so. Not that I scored many goals, but if I did manage to jag one at the back post, I'd definitely rip the shirt off and, and say that one's for you guys, that's for sure. Fair enough. And copy yellow card. <laughs> 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 and make sure the rig's good before it as well. So, oh. you know, shave down <laughs> and all that. It's never been good at it. It's never <laughs> been good, mate. Uh, tonight, um, when the, the Channel 10 broadcast comes on, now I'm led to believe that Channel 10 and Paramount Plus, are mainly the Channel 10 crew, they're not overly stoked, put it that way, with what's gone on. Now, 
as a football fan, I'm, I'm purely saying this. I'm not saying this because old mate Adam used to work on Fox Sports. He doesn't work on Channel 10. He missed out, whatever. The Paramount Plus service, football fans have a right to be angry at that. It's just simply not good enough how it's how it's all panned out. You can't even rewind and that. be interesting to see how the commentators, a lot of whom are, are colleagues and people we know, um, uh, what they come out and say and, and how they approach it. Because they're a broadcast partner, but the, the relationship at the moment between the two is a little bit strained, Quaz. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, you mentioned Daniel McBreen a little bit earlier. He's a big part of that now, and he's even, you know himself has been a bit quiet on social media. Again, is it been... Has there been conversation amongst, uh, you know, the two parties and, 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 you know, is it for, you know, Paramount and Channel 10 that they've just had to keep quiet and just keep things uh, chugging along as as usual? Obviously, a lot of subscriptions have been cancelled. Um, it's it's just a complete mess, Ads. I, I just don't know where to after this weekend from a fan's perspective um, and, and can players influence a little bit better. Um, as for everyone in the media, you know, do we just continue doing what we're doing um, and, and say nothing or say say the, the very least and just hope that the mess gets cleaned up? Um, I just don't know where to f- from this point onwards. Yeah, I, I, through the week I've reported on it heavily for, for Code Sports and, and, and you, you're right, mate, you, you don't want to just start ramming your own opinion down people's throats. That's for the fans. That's that's their right to have their opinions. It's the right of, even though people might not like it, it's the owners who are putting their money in. It's their opinion as well as, as the media. I think we need to report on it. Um, but I, I, I have spoken to government um, sources. I have spoken to the APL as well. There's purely no back down. The, the APL uh, have double down, triple down. The clubs, Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers, double down, triple down. The government spoke to them. No, we're pretty comfortable with it at all at the moment. We don't really – We, but I'm not sure that they really know what's going to go on until they see what happens this weekend. Um, so it, it hasn't really soaked in. like that. The government uh, area that it's um, in, in, in tourism, they have like freaking 10 announcements a week. They've got so much on their plate. So this is just one little part of it, even though it feels like the, the be-all and end-all for football fans. So I, I don't know. It, it feels like this weekend will be the massive test case for how it actually is going to look and how the next couple of months might pan out if a lack of listening in terms of what the fans feel continues on. Yeah, not only that. I, what's your view on it, Ads? Like what? What would be the ramifications if they do break the contract? If they just do retract on everything that they've got in place with the government, is it would it be significant? Have they already spent the money elsewhere and they're just trying to 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 clear the bank balance? What what, what would be the process or what would be the outcome if they were to retract on this contract? Yeah, so that's the great fear from the APL is that we uh, the APL feel that if we retracted, if we said, "Oh, here's your money back, deals off," which they from what I understand with the contract, it's it's so binding, it's not funny that you you can't do that, is that, oh, righto, New South Wales government will say, you're never getting a cent out of us ever again. Now, I don't think it'll be ever again because politicians, you know, something good happens, bang, there they are, front and centre with a scarf on. So that they'll they'll get over it, but not anytime soon. Now, a lot of the clubs in New South Wales as well um, have are tied up with, with sponsorship dollars from government agencies, like, you know, um, the... the, the the road safety alliance or, or whatever it's called, things like that, that jeopardizes that. 
funding for facilities like Western Sydney Wanderers. They opened a magnificent five-a-side facility the other day. That came through, in part, state government funding. That all becomes really, really hard if you tell the government, get stuff, see you later, here's, our money. here's your money back. We don't want to do this anymore. That, that's why they've found themselves in this place. And that's why I have a problem with the process in the first place, going right back, how it was allowed to get through board level without all the checks, without, you know, checking your shoulder, you know, you see what's coming, maybe. Sorry, Quas. No, you, you're totally right. And it all comes back to, to that, doing things properly in the first place, putting putting things in process where everyone's involved, everyone gets a say. And I'm, I'm all for, you know, less is more, but you, you need, you know, the key parties involved in these massive decisions and it just hasn't happened. And now we've got this massive mess um, moving forward, who knows what's going to happen? You, you mentioned all the ramifications that could happen if they do retract. It's just not, it's just not worth it, is it? So I, I guess the fans are going to make their voices heard this weekend, and then we'll just have to wait and see where forward from uh, from there. Now to today's hot topic, even though that's been the hottest topic all week, uh, what we've just talked about, Guzman and Gomez, fast uh, food that athletes say yes to. Expansion is on the radar as well, and was very much on the radar before this week, and obviously it's become a secondary thought at the moment. Canberra and Auckland, we're hearing, are the favoured options. Is now the time? Are those the right cities? Thoughts, Quaz? Yeah, yeah I, look, I'm not, I'm not against it, but I just the, the timing of it just doesn't seem right. Like, uh, I'm just going to go rewind a few years back. What, what happened with Gold Coast United? What happened with North Queensland Fury? You know... Those clubs, you know, folded within a few years and, and I just thought it was rushed through just to get something going and trying to expand this league. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen, but just the timing of it, it just doesn't feel right and I just don't know if we're ready. Um, and, and from a playing perspective as well, we're a league that creates lots and lots of opportunities for young players, which is fantastic. But you need a bit of quality with that. Um, and you need those young players to step up as well. Otherwise, it dilutes the game again. And then you've got score lines that are heavily, you know, in favour of one or two of the big clubs, for example. I just don't know if we want to go down that path right now. I think we just need to build on what we have. And uh, I'm not saying Auckland and Canberra can't be a part of it down the track. Yeah, most definitely. I just think the timing needs to be a little bit better. Yes, Exactly. For play, in terms of purely playing, it'll be great because there's more opportunities straight away. Second division, more opportunities perhaps for young players to, to get a start. But um, how it all actually happens when the game is saying we don't have enough money in the first place is another thing, is another thing. Uh, we're off to a quick break on the global game. We've got Chris Economides around the corner. And as we go to the break, a reminder that you're listening to uh, the global game thanks to Kraken.com, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Yeah, welcome back to the Global Game with Adam Peacock and Adam Kwasnick. It's at Global Game SEN on Twitter. And happy to say we've got a special guest who's playing a game of football this week. And if you followed the A-Leagues this week, you'd Maybe forget that this is actually blokes going to be kicking a ball around and women going to be kicking a ball around on the on the weekend around various stadiums around Australia. And it's fair enough too that one thing has dominated the headlines, but uh, in a football sense, the Melbourne Derby is always a very good watch. And joining us right now from Melbourne Victory is Chris Economides. Chris, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, how has your preparation been hindered in any way, shape or form given all the noise around the league this week for what is, for you and your teammates, 
a damn big game of football. Yeah, hi boys. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, obviously, we, we're all aware of um, what a massive game it is this weekend and um, we're trying to the best of our ability to prepare um, for the derby as, as is normal. But obviously, in the back of our mind, we know that um, our fans uh, are upset and um, for, good, for good cause and obviously, they're, um, they're being vocal about it and, and they're going to be vocal about it. But um, Obviously, as the players, we kind of just have to focus as much as we can on getting the three points, which is the most important um, thing on, on our players' minds, really. Yeah, Chris, Adam Kwasnick here, mate. Um, what's uh, what's uh, Tony Popovich like as a coach, especially leading into a major derby this weekend? Uh, what's, his, what's his message been to the players, uh, despite all the, the happenings around the league and, and, and what's happening with fans? Um, yeah, he's kind of just reiterated to us to to really um, to focus on uh, on the football side of things. I think that's really what what he kind of takes care of. All the other stuff is um, is goes above to to other people. So um, we're all aware of it, obviously, and um, we're we're disappointed uh, if uh, our fans can't watch us play or if um, if we we can't get the usual kind of buzz from our fans that we we um, we get. But we uh, fully understand how they feel and and obviously we're just uh yeah as um the, the boss is really just focused on the football side of things because ultimately we want to deliver them a performance on the weekend and, and the three points as well yeah rocking a hard place for for you guys because you at, at your heart all, all of you guys are, are football fans um oh there's the odd yeah. one that prefers to go to the library but that's fine um but <laughs> you, you're all you're all football fans but you, you've got to be ultimate professionals i mean you you would have learnt this over in italy as well where you know, there's there's fans over there that have a massive opinion about things, and you you want to you want to be with them, but you you've got to concentrate on your football as well. Did you learn anything in your in your, your growing up days over there um, about yeah, of that kind of scenario? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, the relationship between the players and fans is is definitely a unique one, and and being in Italy, we had some some amazing ultra fans that would uh, have so much passion and and bring so much energy to the games and. And obviously over there, they'd put pressure on you sometimes. If results weren't turning out as they'd like, um, you'd really feel the pressure in the city, walking around, sitting at a cafe, they'd, they'd come up to you. So um, I think the really unique thing about, about Melbourne Victory in particular is you feel that same European buzz. You know, as a player, I run into fans all the time and, and you can see the passion in their eyes. So I think it's it's super important that we protect that and that we, we encourage that because it's... Um, it's something that's only felt in top leagues in Europe and it's at this club. So I think it's something to seriously be, be cherished. Hey, just one last one on this, this whole fans thing. I, 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 have you been told by some of your fans via social media, you're on social media, um, like what to say and what to push or, or, or have they been pretty respectful in, in that regard, knowing that you, you're, as I said before, rocking a hard place, you're, you're the players, you're, you're the go-between almost. Yeah, I mean, obviously they know they know that it's a, a little bit more difficult to us for us to express uh, opinions as we're still we're still footballers we're still playing and and earning our our salaries through the through the league but i think um yeah they they they've, they've expressed to us that they're not they're not annoyed at us in any way and, and if they do what they want to do it's it's not towards us it's because um you know they've got they've they feel that it's important for them to do that so 
Um, no, there, there haven't been um, any bad messages or anything. It's just been that only support really from from our fans. Chris, getting to the football side of things, um, how has this World Cup break been for you personally? And has Popper, you know, during this break, has he has he done a mini pre-season for you guys or have you just continued what you've done throughout uh, the start of the season? What's been the process there for, for you, yourself personally and for the for the team in general? Yeah, I think when you have um, when you have a month with no official games, it's uh, it's an interesting kind of time mid-season to have off. So um, I think we had a little break, a three or four day break, which was important just to kind of let all the little niggles from the games go. And then, yeah, like you said, it was a mini pre-season. It was a chance to get even fitter for the for the rest of the season. So uh, we definitely worked on a lot of things in training and and obviously uh, worked on the, the conditioning as well. So uh, I think it was a it was a it wasn't the best timing to have a break once you start getting rhythm six games in, but um, we made the most of it and just did all we could to, to keep to that level of fitness and, and um, continue the season strong now. Hopefully um, climb the ladder and, and be challenging for titles. Hey, mate, have you had a look at, um, and I know the, the guy who had a lot to do with it, Chris Gospel, who's one of the best operators going around, so shout out to Chris here, um, about the, the way that he uh, helped, and a lot of people had... A, bit of input into it into the the doco dream big now obviously timing is everything about releasing something like this but hopefully people can separate what's going on now and and this body of work that is is now out and okay the enthusiasm might be there might not be there at the moment to watch it but hopefully in years to come have you had a good look at it and, and um if so or just the bits and pieces what do you what do you make of what's uh, been put together yeah i think it's uh, i've just seen glimpses at the moment but uh, I think it's going to be brilliant. Um, obviously, I was there in all the all the moments that he was capturing the footage for the doco, and um, there's definitely some special moments. There's some funny moments, and I think it's going to be a really, really good insight to, to a big A-League club like this and, and how it operates under the boss and how how you can, um, yeah, dream big, as the, as the title says. Who's going to be the most vain in terms of like worried about how they come across and, and how they look and how their hair's sitting in, in various scenes? Well, we've got a few vain players. Um, I wouldn't say vain, but there's a few good lookers in the team. Well, last mm. year there was. Jason Davidson's probably one of them. Yep. But um, he's always looking uh, always looking good, so he'll be looking out for that for sure. Yeah, he... Ivan, the goalkeeper uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine Jason tuning in from... Uh, from Belgium, making sure that uh, everything's okay and uh, and making <laughs> no, it, it, it's a good idea. And as I said, it's just a bit of a shame that it's 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 this week. And I, I noticed that dropped on socials like the trailers, and obviously, yeah, it got ratioed in terms of people's. Oh, you're dropping yeah. this this week, but I mean, it's planned. It's a it's a good thing for the club, and obviously, yep. what's going on now is a is a crazy thing. Um, but anyway, uh, the the actual matchup with. With Melbourne City, um, we're eight minutes in, we finally ask a, a, a basic question pointed towards what's going to happen in the 90 minutes. But um, how do you see that panning out? How how you guys set up and, and how City do as well? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be another cracker of a game. Obviously, uh, City's a strong strong team and strong club, especially in the last few years. Um, but so are we. So it's going to be it's going to be good. We'd like to. To build on the performance last time, it was it was a difficult one with a penalty and a red card in the first half. Um, so hopefully now tomorrow with um, with 11 players and you know and some 
better discipline, we can we can really take the game to them more. And Chris, as Popper highlighted, any weaknesses in the in the city team is there. Is there a game plan to target somebody or a certain part of the pitch that you're going to sort of uh, try to go through to, to, to create and score goals? Is there any anything that you can give us that, uh, you know, Pop has been saying throughout this week that's uh, going to lead you guys to another victory? Um, nothing super specific, more just reiterating, you know, our kind of pattern play and, and the way we connect with um, short distances on the pitch and short passes to, to build the ball up to the to the opposition box. Um, we haven't focused too much um, on them just yet. We've still got another session to go today, so, so maybe we'll do more. But, um, yeah, we've just been really, really working on our play and, and kind of dominating games and, and kind of strangling opposition as we can. See, Chris, you, you, you really could have given that answer to just make something up that's totally not true, <laughs> made them think about that, oh, wait a minute, we might be targeted here, and then – you go after the the real problem that you'd never tell us about, otherwise Popper would kill you. So anyway, uh, we'll leave it there, mate. Um, Chris, thanks for your time, mate. Appreciate you answering the the ones about something that's out of your control, but you're involved with, obviously. Um, Who knows what the atmosphere is going to be like tomorrow night. Um, But either way, play well and good luck. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Chris Economides, always good with his time and a really good talker. And uh, we'll see him out there tomorrow in the Melbourne Derby. And we're off to a quick break on the Global Game. You're listening to the Global Game. Thanks to Kraken.com, your secure crypto partner. Get in the game at Kraken.com. Broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. We're back in a moment to talk about Qatar 2022. There's only a couple of games left. Yeah, welcome back to the Global Game. Let's talk some World Cup now, and it's a, a big weekend. Obviously, we've got the third and fourth place playoff between Morocco in, and Croatia. Um, Quaz, for the first time ever, I reckon I'm half looking forward to a third v fourth because of the Moroccan fans and what it's meant to Morocco getting this far in the tournament. So it's, it doesn't feel like as a, a dead rubber like it usually does. Yeah, I think the fans have been fantastic for, for Morocco, and they've obviously got them over the line on a number of occasions this World Cup, and... No doubt, it'll be a, a a wonderful atmosphere with with all those Moroccan fans in the in the stadium. I I think there'll be plenty of goals in this one. I think you know they're going to release the shackles both both sets of teams and just go out and play a free flowing game of football. Third and fourth, it's not really spoken about. It's not really, you know, what what those players are there to to try and win. But um, yeah, I'm expecting a really entertaining game and and a, and a great atmosphere with it. Hey, uh, give us your thoughts on who wins the, the big awards, if you like. Um, Golden Boot. Messi is ahead of Mbappe on assists because that's the tiebreaker, but they're both on five goals. There's a bit to play for in that regard in the World Cup final. Who do you reckon edges that? Yeah, well, I was going to mention that I think it will remain a tie in terms of goals. Uh, I, I can't see either of those players break, you know, breaking the deadlock. I think you know it would rem- remain a tie, which... As you mentioned, would would uh, make Messi the golden boot with the, with the assist that he's had, uh, you know, this World Cup. Um, yeah, I'd love to see one or both of them score, but I just can't can't see it happening in this this big game, the, the biggest game of all. So I'm I'm tipping that Messi will win it based on assists. What about the golden ball? So that's the best player, and that, they go they they go silver and bronze as well. So they have got a little podium happening there. Uh, Messi, Mbappe. Griezmann, who's my kind of little little tip for that, or someone else, Quaz? Yeah, I, well, 
you know, obviously Lionel Messi doesn't play for individual accolades, but I think this is his World Cup and it's his golden ball. I think, you know, with his age, he's obviously got a massive target on his back. He doesn't defend, but he still delivers. So I, I really think that he's going to win the golden ball. And, um, yeah, if he, if he caps that off along with a, an actual World Cup win, um, wow. Just incredible for, for an amazing player and, and it would be fitting for him not to f- probably finish on it but uh, most definitely finish it for, for his country. I think that would be it for Lionel Messi. He would have done it all with the Copper America and uh, a World Cup would, would cap it off. Hey, Alex, do, is there a best 11? Do they choose a, yes. a best or is it a big squad or something like that? No, best 11. So FIFA best 11 for yeah. the, the end of the tournament. They do that team of the tournament yeah. as well. So. Do they do a bench as well? Uh, not from memory. I'll double check that. But do they have I, like 15 subs so. on no, the team I sheet? I think it's just like a, a first day. 11 and a, and a manager. I reckon uh, I'm going to blow up if Harry Sutar's not in there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Yeah, I was going to say Craig Goodwin. <laughs> just for his stance this week. Like yeah. Gianni's going to look at it and go, Craig stood up for the fans. Let's put him in the best 11. <laughs> no, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't think any of the Australians, unfortunately, um, just by reputation. Um, but it's slowly evolving our reputation. Anyway, um, it's kind of weird, though, that he, I'm reading as well, I was reading the English press last night, Quaz, that all these players uh, are back at their clubs, just bang, hit the ground running straight away. And I read Ronaldo is actually training at Real Madrid at the moment, but on his lonesome, not with the squad, but he's he's still waiting to work out what he wants to do with his life in terms of, of where to play January onwards. Um, yeah, back to club football. Um, you know, I... I I think the turnaround times, it's not ideal. You probably uh, you probably won't see the effects of it now, but possibly back end of season uh, with little niggling injuries, you know, player burnout. I mean, it, it is a lot for the players. They've they've had basically, uh, uh, you know, a little snippet of their, their seasons. They've, you know, a lot of them have gone to a World Cup trying to deliver for their country for to try and get over the line. Um, and then they've returned straight into training. And uh, obviously the clubs are... You know, you know, not making it difficult for them, but they are paying, paying them huge wages. And um, you know, I'm expecting you know a, a club like Arsenal not to to really affect them. I'm hoping that they'll just continue on from where they, where they uh, you know stopped before the World Cup. Uh, but I think at the back end of the season, it would be telling for for certain individuals. And I guess it's up to the club to put sort of plans in place for each individual to make sure that they can get, you know, the most out of those players uh, for the back end of the season. You're, you're an Arsenal fan, are you, of course? Massive Arsenal, Arsenal fan, that's mate. That's right, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want the league to stop. Uh, you know, there's, there's a five-point lead there. Um, I didn't want the league to stop. I thought they were in red-hot form. Um, but we had to stop for this World Cup. So it be interesting to see how they kick things off, uh, I think it's next week. Do you, do you know what, though? I've got a theory that, because um, me being a Newcastle fan as well, we needed the break because the intensity that we play with don't have a huge squad. And I reckon the same goes for Arsenal because you have the break and now you're, you've essentially got a 21-game season. It's not a 38-game season anymore. You're, you're hurt by Gabriel Jesus uh, missing the next three months. be interesting to see if Arsenal dip into the uh, the transfer window, but Happily, I don't think too many other huge injuries, apart from, no, but Manuel Neuer, that was from skiing, wasn't it? It wasn't at the World Cup. Um, but they, uh, there was no other massive, massive problems out of the World Cup, which is, which is good for the clubs. 
Absolutely, and 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 those players returning to their clubs, like I like I mentioned, that there's got to be plans in place to suit each individual to to maximise, uh, you know, their their output for, for for their clubs, you know, going forward. And I think, um, you know, there's there's obviously squads there. Newcastle, plenty of money they can look to to January. Arsenal, it's been rumoured, you know, Arteta's on the lookout for more players. You know, that there's there's scope there to bring in players. Um, but yeah, the players that are there, there's got to be plans in place to help them and 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 help get their team to 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 reach their potential. For Arsenal, I'm I'm hoping it's a top four uh, finish. Um, if so, it'll be a return to the Champions League, and I think it's it's where they belong. Hey, uh, without it, like I mean, it puts in perspective we're we're talking about player injuries out of the World Cup. Um, it's been some really really sad stuff, obviously over the last week um a, a second migrant worker has died at the world cup kenyan security guard um who fell from the eighth story of lusale stadium that like i've walked up those stairs it is a huge huge structure so that's and that was at the argentina netherlands game where grant wall um unfortunately passed away and it has been confirmed he died of a heart aneurysm his wife um who is in the medical field uh, released a statement saying that yeah he uh, grant had a had a problem that became very apparent at the worst possible time, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, those those migrant work, the, the security guards, they were just such happy people. Um, they were really helpful as well, and, and that just leaves a, a horrible, horrible feeling as well about that, that um, that, that, that has happened um, too. It, it, it's, it's weird how it's kind of – obviously the football's taken focus. I'll be very interested to see the next six months if if the focus stays on Qatar for the, some of the issues that dominated the build-up. I was just going to, to say there, like first and foremost, how does that happen? How does how does a worker die at a stadium? Like it's almost, I'm going to say, unheard of, you know. Um, but the lead up to the World Cup, the, the building of the stadiums, and, and all the migrant workers who who pass building those stadiums, you know, it's left a sour taste on on everyone. Um, and and it's it hasn't shed a positive light on Qatar and the way they they operate in that country. It's really sad. And you know I was a bit <clears throat> disappointed early on at the World Cup because it, it just seemed to grab all the headlines. And and with all respect, yeah, it needs to be spoken about. But you know uh, the, the the football needed to be in the main headline at a World Cup. It's it's the greatest show on earth, and it only happens every four years. And thank God we did get to. To watching, you know, a great brand of football. Um, it was just, you know, you know, the start of the World Cup, all, you know, the beer fiasco and what have you. It was just really disappointing to hear. It wasn't. It wasn't all about the football as it should be, uh, given that it is a World Cup. Well said, Quaz. Very well said. Um, we're off to a break. Back at a moment with an A League preview, like football. We'll talk football after the break on the Global Game. Yeah, great to have your company on the Global Game. And this is our last segment uh, of the Friday show, but we're going to preview all the games that are happening this weekend. And obviously a lot of people might be not going, but perhaps watching on television or maybe ignoring full stop. But the point is that the football will continue. And uh, the A-League women's, we've got a triple header on Saturday with Wellington taking on Adelaide at the Cake Tin. And then it's Brisbane v Wanderers up there in Brisbane. Uh, Melbourne City taking on Western United at Amy Park. And then Sunday, it's Victory and Jets at Amy Park and Perth Glory and Canberra over there at Macedonia Park 
in Perth. So that's the A-League women's. The A-League men's, uh, we've got the game tonight, obviously, between Newcastle and Brisbane. Then it's the caked in tomorrow for Wellington and Adelaide, Mariners Sydney at Central Coast Stadium, City Victory, the Derby. So they're the games that are happening on Saturday. Quas, we'll, we'll break through, uh, we'll break down a quick one on Brisbane and uh, and also Newcastle. Um, Charlie Austin, is Charlie Austin going to play? Because he's... He's actually said he's he's out of here, or he's, maybe he's got a couple of games left before he goes back in January. But um, that was hard for Brisbane. Newcastle favoured in this one for you, Quaz? So, so, you know, we touched on it yesterday. Both these teams, you know, in my opinion, are going through somewhat of a rebuild. There's a lot of youngsters involved and, you know, there's a there's a fair bit of potential and quality as well. And uh, if Austin, Austin was to play, I think, you know, that could be telling if the rule was to get something out of the game. But I, I doubt he'll be a part of it. And I think the Jets take this one at home quite comfortably in the end. It, it is a tight affair. They've played 34 games uh, Jets have won 12, Brisbane 13. There's been nine draws, but um, I'm tipping the Jets to get one, uh, a win at home. So Saturday, uh, you've got the Knicks and Adelaide over there at the Cake Tin. So that, Alex, that that's not a misprint. It's 1 p.m. Sydney time, but 3 p.m. local time over there. Why wouldn't they play that at 5 p.m. local time, 3 p.m. just to go straight into the other games? So they're doing a doubleheader with the women's over there in mm. Wellington. So the Wellington women are playing the first game of the Saturday fixtures in the women's competition after the men, which is after the reverse the of what it usually is. It'll so be interesting to see what they get. So that's right. a 5.40 kickoff Australian. Uh, I'm confused with the timings and everything like that. Hey, we'll just stick to the football, shall we, Quartz? Um How do you see this one between the Knicks and Adelaide? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about football anytime. But, uh, yeah, look, Adelaide Adelaide v Phoenix. Um, look, despite last week's draw, uh, I think Adelaide have been great value this season. Uh, Ibasuki, for me, he's been up there with, you know, one of the best players in, in, in the league. And um, I'm expecting him and Goodwin to, to link up for a comfortable Adelaide win, albeit at the cake tin. Um, I just feel Talley, you know, he may have other things on, on his mind. It's rumoured that he's... You know, obviously uh, going for the Kiwi job. I just haven't seen the best of uh, Wellington Phoenix this season. I'm thinking Adelaide will, will pick up the three points. That's not a good thing for Australian football to let Ufuk Talley take the Kiwi job. With all due respect to our Kiwi friends, that he, he can't get a, a gig over here or he's not been looked at for junior national teams, which the three junior national teams have been taken up with. Uh, yeah, you've got Trevor Morgan with the 20s, you've got Tony Vidmar with the 23s, and you've got Brad Maloney with the, the 17s, but it's it's a bit of a head-scratcher. Maybe club football might still be for him, so we'll wait and see what happens with that one. One player I have been impressed with, um, and he's only at the very, very start, so imagine if he gets 50 games under his belt in the A-League. Um, Ethan Allegic, 18-year-old for, for Adelaide, showing um, – and Adelaide give kids a go, don't they? They give Absolutely. them a go. Yeah, and, and, and I think uh, we, we spoke about it, you know, right across the league, there's plenty of young players getting an opportunity. And uh, I remember playing with, or should I say, against Richard Allegic. He was a no-nonsense player, but, uh, you know, his son's got a bit of quality there, a lot of potential. And um, I think Adelaide's the right fit for him because they'll look after him, they'll give him, you know, great opportunity or ample opportunity, and I think he'll really shine. Yeah, the, the, the two clubs... and probably throw Brisbane in with this one, but the two clubs to really give Australian kids a go over the last couple of seasons, the Central Coast and Adelaide, and it looks like they've, they're going to stick with that policy going forward. And speaking of the Central Coast, they'll take on Sydney at 5pm at Central Coast Stadium. Um, scene of the every, every time you think of this fixture at, at Gosford, you think of the 5-4. Do you, Quaz, or you want to forget about that? 
Come on, that's that's a bit <laughs> rough, ads. Hey, look, uh, <laughs> there's always goals in this fixture. Um, you know, when you go back to the five-four game, that uh, incredible atmosphere, incredible night. Um, in particular for Sydney FC and their fans. Um, but, yeah, I'm tipping a lot of goals. Last five games, 19 goals being scored. Uh, I, I really think that, that the fans, you know, they need to get behind the Mariners uh, for this game. Um, there's, you know, five, 6,000 loyal supporters and they really need to, to be loud and clear for, 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 their, for their team. And um, I'm tipping a, a tight one. I'm going to go 2-2. Um, I just, you know, I can't see either of these teams. They just haven't hit their straps completely this season. And um, I think they'll uh, finish finish a draw. Desmond, 2-2. Two, two. Hey, um, with the Mariners up there, mate, you, you know the community really well. How how did you feel before all this? And this is obviously um, pretty extraordinary what's going on with the fans at the moment. But how did you feel that the, the re-engagement process was going about the whole football community up there getting back behind the Mariners because it was a, a little bit frayed in the Mike Charlesworth years. Yeah, it was. And and I think it, it's definitely improved off the back of, you know, the club having a little bit of success. And I say a little bit, obviously making, you know, finals over the last couple of seasons. Um, and I think the fans, they, they sense that, that success as well and they probably want more and they're starting to return to the stadium. I don't know if it will ever return to to the so-called uh, glory days, but uh, it's definitely on the improve. I think it's key for the club. They they need to really get back in the community. Um, I was fortunate enough when, when I retired, the club gave me a role um, based in the community and I visited all the local clubs, all the local schools quite regularly. And I think they need you know, uh, people in that space and then they need the players to, to be off the back of that and, and join in in, in uh, being at those schools and those local clubs. And if they can do that along with, you know, performing and getting results, um, you know, you could, you know, quickly get 10, 12, 15,000 people at Central Coast Stadium, which would be fantastic to see. Quick one, Garang, do you start him? I'd love to see him start, mate. But my, my biggest fear, I watched him in a cup game um, against Sydney FC at Leichhardt early. Oval. He started that game. He was not impressive from minute one to minute 60. And I think Nick Montgomery hooked him after that. So mm. there's a little bit of doubt being so young. But, yeah, why not? Give him a go. Throw him in the deep end uh, from the first minute and see how he goes. Uh, City victory. Who do you uh, like in the Melbourne derby? I'm not saying this just because we spoke to Chris Economides, but I, I really think victory will come out and win this fixture. I think it's a fantastic matchup. You know, you got Leckie McLaren v Brimmer, Fornaroli. Uh, Chris Economides to add to that. I just think um, there's a bit of, you know, a kerfuffle at City, the fact that they've lost uh, Paddy Kuznorbo. And I don't think Dario uh, Vitisic needs to change. Yep. Cha- sorry, mate. Rado needs to change things. He just needs to continue what... Uh, Paddy Norbo left off with, um, but I really think victory will be up for it, and I think they'll get the three points. Yeah, with um, with that, did you find it odd that did I hear that that the city said he'll be there for the rest of the season? We're going to really take our time to find the new guy. What if the new guy pops up and he's the right guy? What they're just going to sit on it for six months? Or that, that, it sounded like a weird statement at the time. Yeah, you you probably couldn't do that if the right guy did pop up at any given time. You have to snap him up there and then and. 
Um, there's a lot of quality coaches out there that, that you know, it's okay to, to try and find the right, right one. But if he pops up right in front of you, you know, you've got to snap him up sooner rather than later. And uh, I go back to Rado. He doesn't need to change anything. You know, they, they started the season undefeated. They obviously lost last week. But uh, there was a lot to like about their performance, even though it was a little bit flat. Uh, but I really think victory will come out in this derby and, and put a stance uh, towards, you know, uh, winning a championship for their club this season. Yeah. Maybe they've because they've got forty-seven clubs in their uh, in their little um, city football group. That uh, maybe they they do have the guy, but he's contracted somewhere else until June, and and maybe that's the case. Cause potentially, yeah. There's obviously a lot of networking going on there, and um, yeah, they'll they'll get the right guy, and um, they've got a good playing group there, and it's just going to be interesting how they see the rest of this season out. Adam Taggart to Perth Glory, good get. I like it. Um, I think he's 29 years old. He signed a long-term deal. Look, he, he's a noted goal scorer, and I think he's going to help a young Perth team. Um, he's going to you know, help steer him around the park, albeit from that front third uh, part of the pitch. But I, I, there's a lot to like for me. I, I don't know what he's like as a person, but I think you know, the, uh, Zadkovic would have got him in and, and, and wanting him to sort of really help the youngsters. And, and I think he'll score goals, provided that he gets a little bit of service. Yeah, um, he's he's a good player. I thought he was unlucky to miss out on the Socceroos squad, but uh, that's by the by. It turned out all right for the Socceroos. Turned out all right for us today as well, Cos. We got through it the hour on uh, the global game. Thanks for your time, mate. Have a good weekend. I understand you've got a Christmas party tonight. Looking forward to the Christmas party tonight up at Central Coast Sports College. Uh, should be a cracker and uh, just don't ring me tomorrow morning. We won't. <laughs> we won't. We've got the tip and we won't. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. Take care. Adam Kosnick there on uh, the Global Game with me, Adam Peacock. We'll be back tomorrow. We've got a couple more World Cup specials to come, so the podcast will roll on over and we'll be on the radio at night as well. That's it for the Global Game. And, um, yeah, all from uh, – what time are we on tomorrow, Alex, on the radio? Uh, we've got an 8 o'clock start. 8 o'clock? Night. Yeah. Okay. So nice and early leading into your Saturday night. What look else at, would you rather be doing? Hey, look at us go. And we'll be on the podcast as well. Have a good day, everyone.